spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency to a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the, the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has faced most of the issues that I discuss on this show. On today's Identify and Heal solo episode, I'm speaking about inner child work. This is a big and broad topic that I wanted to shine some light on from both my personal and professional perspective to share about what exactly inner child work is, how it works, some modalities and means of doing inner child work, what this could help with, and ways that you can find to do inner child work and explore more about it. So take a listen and enjoy. Hey, everybody. Whitney here with a Identify and Heal solo episode. And this episode is pretty big one in terms of the content that we're exploring. It's about inner child work. And I've been wanting to do this for a while, yet this is a very complex and extensive subject. So I wanted to give it the right time and efforts. Yet I don't know that there's ever going to be a right time for that, so I'm just going for it. Inner child work. First of all, let's distinguish what exactly that is. This is a term that's spoken to a lot of lately. And I want to offer my take on it, my idea of what is inner child work. So we'll start with that. Inner child work is a way to address held trauma is ultimately what it is. And this comes from the notion that trauma is essentially when certain times or experiences in our life are so terrible, so horrific, so frightening, so traumatic that we cannot fully process them in that moment, that our mind, body, and emotional body are not able to effectively and appropriately understand. So that energy is sort of stuck there. And most of us, once we get out of a traumatic experience, we want to just get away from it. We want to move on. So we don't always take the time to go back and address it. So it's almost like a snapshot. That moment, that experience, that time gets sort of frozen and stored away in our body. If you are familiar with the book, The Body Keeps Score by Vessel Vander, Vessel, Vessel Vander, Vanderkirk. Oh, I'm messing that up. Something to that lines. I'll put it in the show notes. And it's stored in there. And so again, it's at a, in a mental capacity, physical and emotional capacity, we are storing this experience at a cellular level, mental level, emotional level within us. So a lot of trauma that impacts us deeply occurs in early life, in childhood. So therefore the idea of inner child work is it's about 
one way to begin to address and heal that trauma. And the idea is that in order to heal trauma, we ha- it has to be seen. Trauma wants to be seen. It's almost as if, and again, we're talking about inner child work. So consider that a child is inexperienced, gets very scared and runs away into the woods and thinks, I'm not safe. I'm not safe. I'm not safe. And it never wants to emerge because it's still stuck with that idea. And so it's almost like going out into the woods and finding that child and reassuring them and saying, Hey, you're actually okay. That thing you were scared of, it's not there anymore. And you're safe and you're loved and let me guide you back. So inner child work branches out into all sorts of other different concepts, which I will also do episodes on. One of the big ones is soul retrieval, very similar, yet somewhat different. And so there's inner child work, soul retrieval. Um, Those are two different sort of phrases for the same thing. There's a few other ones not coming to mind right now, but just different ways of that sort of approach, which again, is almost like, so it's, I guess another word is reintegration, right? That's So it's soul retrieval, inner child work, reintegrating your parts right? Bringing that scared child out from the woods and back with you so that you can be whole and complete again and not have this dark hidden thing that's scared, that doesn't think it's accepted, that doesn't think it's love, that doesn't think it's safe. Okay. So let me get into that a little more. Let's say somebody had an experience when they were five years old and it happened in their bedroom and it was very scary and they felt violated and they didn't feel safe. And they were never allowed to speak of it. Maybe they tried to speak of it and they were told that didn't happen. Sadly, this occurs more than we'd like to believe that when people incur horrific abuse, they're often told, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Don't, you need to stop talking about that and you need to let it go. So this child who is not capable, mind you, a child is not able to process and comprehend abuse. At least when we're adults, it's still traumatic. It's still impactful. Yet we have the tools to say, this is what happened. I need to go talk to someone about it. I need to acknowledge it. I need to work to heal and move on from this. A child doesn't understand, especially If it's something that occurred from somebody that they thought loved about them, loved them or cared about them. So it's common that with child abuse, especially sexual child abuse, that children can just think, oh, well, this must be normal. Maybe there's not anything wrong with this. Maybe this is just a a normal thing that people do. That's why child trauma is so significant because we are not able to understand it or process it properly. So it sort of contorts our understanding of a lot of things, of intimacy, of connection, of touch, of what it means to be safe and secure around certain people. And again, we don't know how to process them or work with them so we can incorporate them. And it gets really stuck in there. And the things that happen during those foundational years, during our childhood years, create the basis of what we believe about ourselves and about life itself. So you can imagine how impactful it is. I'm speaking to abuse. Childhood trauma by no means is isolated to abuse. It can come in a lot of forms. It can come in an, in an accident. It can come in neglect. It can come in physical abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse. It can come in feeling left out. It can come in feeling taunted or bullied. 
it can come in so many different forms, which always boil down to the same certain beliefs that are the result of those things, which are that you're not lovable, that you're not safe, that you do not matter, that you are not of value. All these different things that we can come to believe about ourselves when certain things happen and we do not have the proper tools or messaging surrounding us to shift that belief. Because again, as children, by we are meant to look to our caregivers. We are not yet independent beings who are able to be autonomous and heal and process on our own. We look to those around us and when those figures and people around us are not able to or just neglect to attend to us, we're left with these traumatic experiences, these painful beliefs and feelings to just get stored in there. So after these incidents occur, they get stored in there and they stick with us. I'm sure everybody listening has, we all have our things, right? That crop up. And I, I've done episodes on this. I, I did an episode on when trauma picks your partner. And that's related to these instances. Something as young as when you were two, three, four, five, eight can happen that makes you think, I'm not wanted. My parents don't want me. I'm not important enough. And then so we'll be grown up adults seeking a healthy relationship and we'll keep finding ourselves going for these low level connections, these people who don't treat us well. And we don't know why, but it's because we are almost looking to win over whether it's our father figure or a mother figure or a brother or caregiver who was neglectful. It's as if we're trying to win that and say, oh, maybe this time, maybe this person who doesn't seem that interested in me or doesn't seem to want to give me love, if I can get them to give me love, then maybe this wound will, will heal. But we live our whole lives not knowing how that wound developed. Some of us do. Some of us are aware of our childhood trauma, but many of us aren't. So if you are aware of your inner child wounding, so I think we've established that now, right? Everything I've just described, early life trauma, childhood trauma creates the wound, then we get older. And again, it starts to manifest itself, come out in our day-to-day -day lives. We say, why do I do these things? Why do I have these same cycles, same patterns, whether it's addiction, unhealthy relationships, complicated relationship with food, with sex, with love, with my body, all these different things. And we're like, what is this? Right? I remember when I developed an eating disorder, I was like, what the heck is this? Like, why... Do I feel the need to eat and eat and eat until I'm so full that I'm sick? That's not, that doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel normal. What's going on? And I thought I just really liked food. I didn't realize that there was just like this giant emotional turmoil, this wound that just felt like it couldn't be healed. And so I wanted to soothe it with something else. And, and so we live our lives being like, I don't know why I do this stuff. And it really does come down to this stored trauma in our body. That's just this little epicenter almost, and it becomes almost like a tumor that's just like growing and needing to be addressed and shrunk down so that it's not affecting our whole body and our whole lives. Okay. So inner child work, you can go and seek out a therapist. You can do this work on your own. I would recommend seeing a professional in the course of inner child work, just because it is very sensitive and it's can be pivotal to have someone hold that space. And it doesn't have to be a therapist. It can be an energy healer, a spiritual guide or worker. It Many, many people are familiar with inner child work. Hypnosis, people who are certified in hypnotherapy, that can be powerful. Some people use plant medicine for inner child work. Feel it out. See what calls to you. 
yet it can be powerful to first start with the guidance and assistance of another. You can also do it on your own. I know that I, at this point, as a licensed therapist, someone that's done child inner child work for others, I know the method, I know the focus, I know the steps. I do it for myself sometimes through meditation because here it's what it is essentially. It's about going back to yourself at that age when the trauma occurred. There are many ways to address trauma, right? There's EMDR, there's EFT, there, which I mean is more of sort of like a regulation thing, but it's kind of addressing the feelings and the reactions that come up often from early life trauma. Brain spotting, hypnosis, many, many ways to address trauma. Inner child work is one of them. But it all comes down to isolating the incident. And as I spoke to earlier, not everybody knows exactly what happened. And that can be more challenging. So then even if you don't know what happened, you can even just visualize going back to yourself. Maybe you just remember that by the time you were five, you just remember feeling really lonely and scared at home. And you, you might think, I think something happened to me, but I don't know. So in inner child work, usually when I, when I do it, I bring people into a meditative state, you know, doing some breath work together to bring them into a calm, still peaceful place. And then visualizing their current self going back and visiting that young child. And again, let's say it's in their childhood bedroom and they're sitting on their bed and you can picture yourself. And I encourage people to picture yourself in the most radiant, powerful way you can imagine, whether it's you dressed up and elegant, or whether it's you in like flowy clothes, almost ethereal, like maybe it's you glowing like a brilliant light. Maybe you're like a fairy or a princess, or maybe it's just you, just you, whatever it is. But the point is a big part of it is recognizing that you are here today. You've made it through all this time. Let's say you're going back to visit your five-year-old and now you're 35. That's 30 years that you did it, that you've grown and matured and evolved and learned and healed and loved. I bet your five-year-old self would be pretty amazed by you. And that's the mentality we want going into is that we are worthy, valuable, lovable, perfect, infinite, radiant beings. And we want to honor that and go back to our five-year-old self, to our eight-year-old self, whatever age it is and go. And so I do that visual where you walk into that childhood bedroom and you go to your little girl or boy and you can kneel down to, next to them. You can sit next to them and you can tell them, you can say, I wanted to come be with you. I was wondering if you could tell me how you're feeling. You say exactly what you needed to hear at that age that you didn't. Maybe no one ever really asked you how you were doing or how you were feeling. Maybe no one ever asked you if you needed a hug, if you were scared. If you do remember the specific event, maybe you just want to ask them if they'd like to talk or share. And if they don't want to, maybe you can assure them that, well, guess what? I know that you're scared now, but I'm you from... 30 years from now, and I'm safe and I'm doing great. And I wanted to come let you know that I love you and that you are loved and that you are safe. You give them everything that you didn't have at that time. And then what I like to do at the end is to invite that little girl or boy 
to come with you. And first you tell them, you say, I'd like you to come with me because I need you with me. You're a part of me. You're a really important part. And I know that you're scared. And I know that you think there's something wrong because of what happened or how you were treated or how you feel, but there's nothing wrong with you. And there never was, but you're an integral part of me. And I'd like you to join me because life is really beautiful and exciting and it's going to get better, but we need you with us. Because if you think of us, imagine I've done this visual before. We're almost like, you know, the Pied Piper. You're kind of gathering together you at every single, you can call it day, year, month of your life. Imagine all these different versions of you coming together. You're welcoming, welcoming them all back, releasing all fears, releasing all these false beliefs. So that you can be fully integrated. That's the idea of integration, letting all yourselves come in, even the the parts. Like, for example, I speak to the fact that I went through addiction and sometimes the years that I was drinking and using, I don't feel so great about yet. That part of me doesn't belong, you know, hidden away in a closet somewhere. She's got to come with me. She's still a part of me. It's our, it's the shadow work, right? That person in the shadows was doing the best they could at that time. And by the work that they did by going into the shadows was the only way to get back, get onto a spiritual path. So everybody's welcome here. Every single version of you was pivotal to make you who you are today and who you're going to be tomorrow and in the future. So we got to get the whole gang together, right? Think of that. Like you're literally bringing together all of that, all that you've tried to leave behind, all that you've tried to neglect, because when we integrate and accept every single version of ourselves, then we are fully integrated and fully ready to step forward as our full, complete self. So we let that little child know. We say, I need you. You say, but first I want to thank you. I want to say thank you for being so brave. You were five and you were scared and you didn't know what was going on and you were lonely and no one would listen to you, but I'm here to listen to you now. And you're okay. And I know that you're going to be so amazing and so brilliant and you're going to shine so bright. But thank you for going through what you did to make me who I am today. And then you say, come on, let's go. It's a very powerful exercise. Some people don't resonate with it and that's okay. Again, there's many other ways to heal, but we all have an inner child within us. And I'll tell you this, if you don't believe me, have you ever had things happen to you? Where you suddenly regress to a five-year-old or an eight-year-old? Certain situations where you feel like stomping your feet and pouting and saying, this isn't fair. Or you can't say that. You're mean. Whatever it is. And the reason that we do that is because in those moments, you are a five-year-old. We're acting like a five-year-old because we are. Because we regret, we're going back to that place. That's because that wound is right there. We might feel, say, oh, it was 30 years ago. Who cares? What is time anyways? It's nothing. (laughs) Everything is happening right now. So when we get triggered, when we hit that nerve of a memory, we're right back to a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, whatever you want to say, whatever age it was. If you feel like you're acting like a kid, it's because you are a kid. In that moment, you're very childlike. It happens a lot in relationships, right? Where we we might be like, oh, I'm I'm mature. I'm an adult. And then you try to date somebody and they, you know, they don't do what you think they should do. And you might be like, well, okay, well, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Well, I'm going to do this or, okay, well, no, 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 no. 
And the sassy little eight-year-old comes up who's like, well, if you don't like me, then I don't like you. And we don't use our mature adult skills of communication, right? Or trying to understand or asking questions because we still have these inner child wounds. And some of these things never go away. However, addressing and working on and doing the inner child work can help. Again, think of it as like every little trauma we incur becomes like this tumor in us. And as we know, when people get cancer, they do things to shrink that tumor, right? To shrink it down so that it doesn't get so big that it starts affecting the system worse and worse and more impactfully. So we want to shrink these things down so that they're not ruling our life because trauma can run the show. It truly can. When something's that big and that loud and that painful, it's going to govern and dictate how we respond to things, how we act, what we're seeking, right? We're always, we're often seeking things. And especially if we have trauma, just as I was saying about relationships, we're like, what can I do to make this damn thing feel better? What can I do to shut this up, this pain, this hurt, this empty feeling, this wounded feeling, this deep belief inside of me that I'm not good enough? It's so painful. It's so painful to feel that way. And the best thing we can do is just try to get to it and identify it. And then we look at it and heal it. We look at it and say, I see you, I hear you. And that's what we're doing in inner child work. When we go back to that ourselves at that age is we say, I hear you. You are heard, you are seen, you are loved. I'm here to offer you comfort and security and say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry what you went through. It was so awful and so painful. And you did not deserve that. You deserve to be loved and seen and taken care of to have had your needs met, to have been considered. So we go back and we visit visit those parts and it can help free us, free us. You're really setting those little, like I said, that kid in the woods, you're setting them free out from behind the shelter that they may have created. You're saying you can come out now. Let's let's set you free. Let's get you out of these woods and back into feeling joy, to feeling love, to knowing what's true, which is again, that there was never anything wrong with you, no matter what happened to you. So there you have it. That's inner child work in a nutshell, what it is, what are some ways to work through it, to use it. So for those listening, again, I would suggest beginning this work with a professional if you have no experience with it. But for those who have maybe done a little bit of inner child work with a professional, you can do it on your own. That's what I do now. If I notice a little flare up, right? Like maybe I feel like somebody left out or something. I feel like somebody didn't acknowledge me or didn't consider me for something that, and it really, I felt let down. And I feel that little girl in me that felt like I didn't fit in a lot of the times where I wasn't let into the certain groups and I was pushed out and left out. So I have to say, okay, I want to do a little inner child work and go visit her because she's feeling a little sad. So I go and visit her and I say, it's okay. You're fine. I love you. What had nothing to do with you. It's a part of life. It's a part of learning. And I appreciate you for being so brave and going through this. And I thank you. And now it's time to come with. I definitely just want to clarify that trauma is very sensitive. I'm not saying that everybody is ready to address inner child work. I'm not saying everybody has to do it. Right. I know that I've tried to work with some clients and it was just too painful that they, we tried to get in there and they tried to hit on that, as I called it, the wound, the the tumor. And they just said, I can't, 
I can't. So go at your own pace, be gentle. Maybe you do want to explore with a little bit of a meditation before you seek out a professional, just to kind of dip in there. Another initial exercise I'll use with people as a meditation, just if they like, don't even really know. Some people are like, I just know that I'm, I feel uneasy. Most of the time I feel anxious. I, I can't even get in there. I, I can't even look at what's down there. So I offer like a little meditative exercise where you scuba dive. I like that metaphor because scuba diving is so peaceful and you are so connected with your breath because if anybody has been scuba diving, you're under the water and there's no sound except for your breath. And you're so connected to your breath. You're so aware of it so much more so than when you're above water because you're breathing through this regulator out of a tank. So you're noticing the in and the out, which is the sacred rhythm, the ebb and flow of the universe and life. So you feel very connected. And so if you picture that and take yourself in a meditation with those deep breaths in and out in stillness, just focusing and imagine yourself sort of diving deep into the depths. And maybe you have a little flashlight and you just let yourself kind of look around and see if you see something. And I've had different clients describe different things. They saw like a big old box with a huge padlock on it. And they were like, there it is. They're like, it looked like real bright. Something bright was in there, but it was like a real gnarly box with a big old padlock. We lock things away. We lock things away because we think that they made us bad, not good. We think that they were too painful. And some people will say, I, if I try to go there, it'll, the pain might kill me. It's so powerful. So we try different things. Again, seeking a professional to talk to first, doing our own meditations. Maybe more, we're more comfortable with more sort of spiritual nature-based exercises, like getting yourself out in nature and just trying to explore concepts of connection and breath work and different things that even if we're not looking straight at the trauma, that might kind of allow us to have some emotions come up. There's a lot of things for that as well, right? That can help kind of loosen up emotions. Even some people find a lot of power in exercise and workouts that if they can't verbalize it and they can't look at it consciously, right? Like into mentally, then they can just, just work through it until it just kind of bursts out. People do this sometimes through sweat lodges, through other means of just sort of, again, like loosening up, even music, sound healing can help to loosen things up. Even art, right? Art, painting, drawing. You hear all the time that that artists, some of their greatest creations come from, it's almost like they're, they're processing and emulating and expressing their trauma. And they, they might not know how to say it verbally, but they are, they're sure expressing it through painting, through drawing, through poems. Some of the most beautiful creations come from the darkest things, right? So again, a long-winded way of just trying to offer solace and help to those who know that there's something down there and in there, because that's also a disconcerting and frustrating feeling when you recognize that there's something there, just like a physical illness, right? Just like a a tumor or cancer when there's just something not right in there. And some of us for a long time will be like, I should probably go to the doctor, but I don't want to, I just, I don't want to know what it is. Some people will do that until they, you know, have a heart attack or find out that they have a, you know, a developed cancer. So we don't want it to get to that point. So if you feel ready, there are ways to begin to heal and inner child work is one of them. So I wish you all great peace great comfort. 
feel free to reach out to me if you would like any resources or further guidance on this. If you have incurred your own trauma, please know that sending you love and that you do deserve love and to be seen and to be heard. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Have a beautiful day. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.